So John gave a cheat sheet. Apparently, he's got like lesson plans just stashed away in Ann's office. So he gave us homework. Uh, second coming of Jesus is, is a light for humanity. It says Dr. David Jeremiah. Anybody want to read? I do not. <laughs> I guess I'll read the first part. Where's Dave at when you need him? He always volunteers for this stuff. <laughs> so, one of the greatest truths of the Bible's Bible in Christ returns this pasture. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and speculation with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, uh, Philippians 4, 6 or 7. So these verses are from the letter of St. Paul and Philippian to the Philippians, which was written when St. Paul was imprisoned, says the website Bible Gateway. In his letter to the people of Philippi located in present-day Greece, Paul was joyful in nature and doesn't harshly rebuke the Congregation, Bible Gateway, said the Bible Gateway. The overarching themes of this letter are suffering and joy, said the same website. Through the, through the letter may seem to emphasize the suffering endured by Paul, his co-workers, and the Philippians. It also res <laughs> resonates with tones of joy. Uh, Paul's message to people of Philippi and these verses provide a valuable lesson on anxiety and prayer according to Dr. David Jeremiah. <coughs> the word peace occurs over 400 times in the Bible, says Jeremiah. Yet how many people do you know who have peace with God but don't have the peace of God? They're filled with, filled with anxiety and they can't live a day without worry. This issue set, said Jeremiah, is something that everyone must deal with at some point. Alright, I'm gonna go blow my nose. Give you a break. Yeah, it's rough listening to me read. No. <laughs> when Paul tells the church in Philippians, do not be anxious about it. The word anxious literally means to be pulled out of two different directions, he said. It means to have an inward war going on inside, a battle going on in your spirit, pulling you apart, he said. Something big enough to worry about is big enough to pray about, said Jeremiah. Dr. Jeremiah, not Jeremiah the prophet. Okay, when Paul writes, let your request be made known to God, that truly means everything. He added, we ought to go to the Father with everything in prayer and to nothing with anxiety, he said. Scriptural truth, said Dr. Jeremiah, can be steady, encouraging, motivating, purifying, and, hope, and hopeful force in the modern world, one that is increasingly chaotic. 
one of the greatest truths of the Bible, and the one that gives me the most peace and hope is Christ's return, he said. This is something to think about upon rising in the morning and retiring in the night. Christ's return, he said, isn't just the light at the end of the tunnel. It's the light that heralds eternity, heaven, and the fulfillment of all God has promised his children. The anticipation of the second coming is our glorious hope in a world filled with hopelessness, he said. Our thought, life is supposed to be positive, uplifting, and redemptive because of our thought, life has is a launch pad for our outward life, said Dr. Jeremiah. If you want your mind to be free of anxiety, make determined, definite choices as to what you allow into it. Humanity, he said, does not need to be anxious or worry as there is a bright light on the horizon. Okay. Now I did my part on the <laughs> 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 how many apps are out there trying to show you? Most cure your anxiety. Yeah. All the recipes. I went through our subscription and listened to us talk for and for I would venture to say probably 95% of it's not like that last paragraph on the first page how many people do you know have peace with God but they don't have the peace of God yeah. with the, the day to day anxiety we all feel and I'm guilty just as much as anybody else looking at stuff getting anxious over stuff definitely have zero control over and I think that's what like for me causes a lot of the anxiety I have Chris will tell you I have time anxiety. If I'm not early, if, I'm not, if I come off my set schedule, if we don't leave to the exact moment I, we plan that we need to leave, I'm, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. I get cranky. And it's my own doing on that. <laughs> That's, yeah. I don't think I'd ever survive that. <laughs> For 30 years of training. <laughs> but yeah that's my biggest anxiety is if you're not early you're late I can't I don't know what it's from but that's just how it's always been I'm always, I was worried about that you know I said well if I'm not on time people think I'm lazy you know I was worried, I was worried about that I'm more inclined to sit in the parking lot for an hour and a half waiting to go in 15 minutes early than walk in on time. 
drive all the time. How many miles do you think you drove this week just to and from the job site? Well, I drove to the same job site three times and uh, about 330 miles each one way. And that's in your service truck? Yeah. That tops out at what, 45 going downhill at best? No, I had to put an engine in it um, a couple months ago. Um, 2007, so it's electronic, so it has no speed limiter. Okay. Yesterday, I was on the way home yesterday because <laughs> I had to go out there again yesterday. Um, I I was doing 90, 95 minutes. <laughs> that much time, that much time behind the wheel driving. Exactly. Mine too. And I Mark's also talking about a vehicle that weighs what ninety thousand plus pounds. Uh, that service truck. It's thirty thousand. Thirty. Thirty. So it's a lot of weight moving fast. It is. The fact that you have hair and it's not completely gray, it's <laughs> impressive. I would. I wrote. I road rage with a shopping cart at Kroger. <laughs> I can't. Most, most people. Some some get silly, but most people will get out of the way when they when and I do have a tendency to. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> you ever notice if somebody's too slow in front of you, they're an idiot. If they are, they pass you going 100 and you're going 60, they're an idiot. Yeah, please. They're not exactly what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that. Yeah. It's like, okay, everybody is doing your speed in the right lane, but it's like they, I have this power over you. I can sit in front of you and make you do the speed that I want you to do. <laughs> well, when you look out your back window and you can see my bumper in your back window, just understand that I will run right over your car. So, no, we got that roundabout off Camp Ernst. Yeah. Nobody can figure that out to save their life. I, I, I don't get it. Robert, if, you, if you go to Europe and you, you look in um, the Middle East, they use roundabouts and there's no traffic lights. Yeah. And the roundabouts work great. Everybody understands it. As long as you understand it, you need to, traffic with a roundabout, traffic should never have to stop. That's why they built it. That's how they're designed. No traffic should ever have to stop going through a roundabout. They didn't have Kentuckians in mind for that one. Exactly. You know. Because my biggest thing now is someone does something goofy. I try my hardest with the kids. Is somehow do something dumb. I, oh, oh, I just love people. And which came around to like Nana and Mutt. Yeah. <laughs> we'll both do it if somebody does something dumb on the road. I'll have other people. Well, kids don't understand the attitude behind that. So they're in the car with Nana and my mom dropped up, and somebody pulled out from her or something, and she got on for it
That's easier than cussing. That's easier than cussing out a storm in the car with those. One, the person I'm mad at can't hear me. Two, the kids can hear it. So. Good. This is gonna this is working perfectly. Ready to let's speak about this morning. So. <laughs> Roundabouts and goofballs driving. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, sorry. If you guys are waiting for more conversation from me, I got not much of anything. Sorry. We talked about pizza in this guy. It's kind of interesting because Jewish people used to work shalom. You know, when they first see somebody going there, they can say shalom. They just, yeah, peace. And how much peace do they have over there? Yeah. So it's not the the peace or not the lack of conflict that gives it peace. Yeah, they still say that, you know, to, to each other. And if it works, it's almost the beginning of time. Yeah. With somebody or another. I guess it's probably just a choice that they choose peace, you know, that mindset, even though they're in conflict. I don't know how peaceful they're going to be now though, after what happened to them yesterday. I don't watch the news. What happened to this girl? Uh, what was it like? Moss, um, they just infiltrated a whole bunch of towns. They were dragging women and children out of the dorm and um, undressing them and driving them around and trucking them around. Um, bombing, sending drones with bombs and bombing the carriers. I think the U.S. is more worried about Ukraine right now, and yeah. NATO is more worried about Ukraine right now than assisting Israel. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that how much our assistance or not assistance is going to matter. Yeah. We, uh, when I was in the military, we always said that there was, and it's kind of funny, so two, there were two militaries we never wanted to fight. Israel and the Ukrainians, because neither one of them is ever going to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, you go up against the Germans or, you know, the Iraqis or whatever, and you get them into a corner, I, you know, hey, I'll put down my yep. weapon, I quit. But they don't quit. They will fight. The Israeli military is what? Mandatory service for all citizens from 18 to 20 something. We're also talking about a country whose school system, all their teachers carry at least tech nines on school grounds and very proficient shooters. (laughs) Well, see how that plays out, especially with our government talking about shutting down again. They extend what, 45 days? So it'll be interesting to see what happens in a month. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. John even says it's going to be a small, a short class. I like um, the paragraph that says spiritual truth, 
said Jeremiah can be extending, encouraging, motivating, purifying, and hopeful force in the modern world. is increasingly chaotic. So that kind of it makes me think of like with the Sabbath and like having a day of rest in a world that's like increasingly chaotic, but you always seem uh, kind of strange to other people when you're like, you know, oh, I just take it easy on Sunday, or, you know, I don't really want to be busy on a Sunday, you know, and it's, it's really strange to people, but it's also kind of like, you see everybody else in the world just going, going, going all the time, and just giving yourself a little bit of time to be um, still and it's, it's really, it seems rebellious. <laughs> it's, yeah. In the Catholic world, you know, it's one of the things that I love about what you all have down here. I mean, it's just peaceful down here. It's like the world was when I was a kid. You go up the hill there, mm-hmm. and it's, there's just madness and chaos and people doing all kinds of, I mean, you can see it on the news, you know, all the, the craziness and, and what they're trying to do to kids. And, and through the schools, it's, you know, down here, it's just people farming like they've been doing for generations. People loving each other, you know, going and chopping each other's wood and, and making sure they've got, you know, propane or whatever to eat. And it's just and yet they think we're backwards. Yeah. Already have turned your back from God, and it's hard to find peace with God because you don't, you don't have that relationship. I had a, a discussion with somebody, um, one time in the military, and you know, he was saying, You know, um, I, your Ten Commandments don't need to be, you know, everywhere. I said, You know what? I said, if you, if you don't want to look at the Ten Commandments as being from God's just look at them as 10 really good rules to live by. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you took God out of the equation, okay, so don't have any other gods before me. <coughs> and if you didn't want, if you wanted to take God out of the equation, well, don't sit there and worship money because money's going to get you. I mean, you don't have to have it be about God. It can just be, you know, a good rule not to live by worshiping money or worshiping whatever it is. You know, just live life. and. I mean, don't covet your neighbor, you know, don't be laughing after your neighbor's wife or what he has, or mm-hmm. don't steal. <coughs> yes. <coughs> People just wanting to go the wrong way, and now you've got chaos. It's always interesting when it's a school shooting, and I'm talking about something. Well, where's, where was God when this went on? So will you kick him out? There's a, there's a, uh, a rap song, a Christian rap song I really like. Um, 
can't think of the name. But he says, um, well, it's hard to answer prayer if nobody's praying to you. Um, I look around at this world that we walk on, um, slap in the face to God, you know. Um, he goes through all of that stuff, you know, and um, we do that to our back. I mean, and some of it is, you know, can be pointed directly at us. We've allowed governments all over the world to just shut us down and push God out of everything. And supposedly, even in our society, we're supposedly still an above 70, 75% Christian society. And yet, do we really vote? Is that really how we vote? Is that really what we put in place? If we're 75%, there should be no abortions. There should be, you know, I mean, there, should, there shouldn't be any of this stuff that's going on with what we're trying to indoctrinate kids with today. We shouldn't, we had that much, there shouldn't be any reason for abortion. <laughs> that? Is that 75% Christians, though, who truly know God, or is it them saying, yeah, I believe in God, but they really have no idea who God is? Well, if you're not something else, you just automatically say you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what they go by. I'm a good person, so that makes me a Christian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done anything wrong to anybody. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> that way. I would say, like yesterday, I went to the Aurora's Farmers Fair, and it's a bit of that. But there were several churches there um, just giving things away, which was nice to see. Like, one church was set up, and they would just give it out. Um, like, someone giving out bracelets and um, different things that you could take, but some of them were giving out, like, free water, free hot chocolate, you know. And they were set up and just not even evangelizing as much as just saying, would you like something? So I think that was, that was good to see. But there was several there. Yeah, I mean, there's been you know, several things we've kind of seen it lately. I mean, what happened at Asbury back in March, so that was amazing. Was there a resurgence of that the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I heard something about it. What about it? Not a lot. One of my friends sent me a thing, because um, I told him, you know, when I went down there, uh, there, was some, there was some young kids in front of me, and I mean, you could tell by the fact that they were male, black hair, black fingernails, and stuff. I don't shouldn't stereotype each other, but it just didn't seem like they were the type, you know, that would be. You know, very loud, and you know, they're on their knees, their hands raised, you know, praising God, and and just it really surprised me. So he sent me a picture of one that he said, you know, that he found out that you know, going to that, and showed it, you know, just in the last and in the picture he sent me, you know, guys. All dressed in the top, he got makeup on, and you know, it was like one glass of kiss. And you know, he shows him, you know, next to it, you know, normal 
and it's only been in the last five, six months. So. And that's where the revival has to come from, because like if you look at the Jesus movement for the 70s, the population was the hippies and stuff that mm -hmm. came to God. So it's got to be that coming outside of where we are for revival. Really, that church is all over as we see it. They have the quote unquote revivals over here, but when we see who's actually going there, it's just. It's got to I can see that people are questioning and even Christians are starting to know I think there will be revival. I think we're in revival. Especially things happen in Israel and stuff. The worse it gets there, it should spark the revival. Amen. I pray for that because there is going to be that day. When God says, well, that's it. That's my, that's my line. When he does, if you're on the other side of it. Yeah, I think it's all good. Okay. I'll share something with you. Like, so my um, my daughter and my um, son-in-law have turned away from Christ and the other things. But um, my grandchildren, you know, when it happened, they come to church and stuff. And we always pray for them with my grandchildren. And, um, we read the Bible and they're just starting to get to that point where they believe. But um, like my granddaughter said to me last night after Kazuya, I said, why do you want to pray for her tonight? And she always says her mom and dad. But um, but after prayer, she said to me that she's very insightful. She's nine. <laughs> but she's like, you know, mom, a grandma, she said, mom, I know one doesn't believe in Jesus. And, but she said that she wants me to go to church. I said, yes. And so she said, do you think that means that she still believes? And I said, yes, I do. I believe that there's still that hope in her that you know, she's okay with her kids going to church and stuff because Jesus is still there. He just needs to grow and come back to where he was when she, she was younger. Mm -hmm. But to me, I thought that was insightful, my granddaughter, to see that there's still hope there because she said, if, if mommy didn't totally not believe, she would let me go to church. So there's still hope. And I think that's the hope we hang on to. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you just can't imagine the emptiness that is in a life without Christ. You know, I mean, maybe I don't think about that very often, but, you know, if you don't have Christ in your life and you don't have church in your life, then you got to fill that spot with uh, yourself, or there's a lot of depression, anxiety, all kinds of things going on in life. There's a flexion, emptiness, and you're trying to show, you know, listen to that. No, that's not going to fit. Put that in there. Nothing's going to fit. She gave me, she gave me hope too. The thought that there is, you know, something there still. And I know there is. And I have a firm belief that I feel so, you just be praying for them. My daughter just, it's, she's like, she's been around the churches. I mean, okay. I didn't start coming to the church until she was 10, 10 years old. I had no, no use for church, didn't go. Um, I had no real reason why, just more laziness and, you know, whatnot. Mm -hmm.
give up part of my Sunday before the most of it, but it wasn't that I didn't believe, but I wasn't about believing. I didn't understand. Grew up Catholic, just I did what they told me I should do. Grew up Catechism, confession, confirmation, and, and uh, communion, and you know, did all this the stuff that maybe do, but I never felt like a relationship with God. Christ, personal savior, you know, all that stuff. I just that wasn't, <clears throat> so she didn't get that. I think by the time she was 10 years old, I said, like, well, I'm going to church because she's asking the church. But, and so now when she's, when she's here, she'll go to church. Um, sometimes she goes to church with her mom in Colorado Springs. The granddaughter, so they both go to church, my ex wife, all the time. So, thank you, Sarah. I'm thankful for that. Thank you for praying. Just keep praying. You know, I pray for my children, they're older. <laughs> I pray for them, and that their hearts will open. The bond keeps just that whole way broken. Yeah. Let's see, I pray for some, too. He's, I'm human as his wife, they're not. And he grew up. And the dad is a pastor, and, and um, just through the church a lot because of his dad. I think from you know things that he's told me, and things that I've heard. But you know, we've been we for them two weeks. For us, we pray for somebody. It's hard for us because Jesus says, you know, you can't you can't be a prophet in your own town. It's hard for us to try to talk to them about it. So we just pray that someone will come along. You know, kind of like Pete said, you know, we had that neighbor that, you know, who started talking to him about Jesus, and the next thing you know, uh, so we just pray that something like that would come into their lives and lead them to Christ. All right. So we'll go ahead and close out and get ready. Jim, do you want to close out in prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for talking to us and being here and share our, our thoughts and your word and better understanding of the things around us, Lord. We fellowship with other Christians and we hear their thoughts and we know how much they love you. Lord, we just want to thank you for all the blessings you've given us. Lord, we know there's still blessings yet to come. Lord, we just thank you for our salvation and ask that in some way you would use us to share the salvation with someone else. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You talk to John, tell him never again. This didn't go well. <laughs>